Blog Talk Radio. Or good morning or good afternoon, however you want to listen to the show. We want to thank you all for joining us here on another Beyond the Cover. Of course, I'm your co- one of your co-hosts, John Robb, and we're here with my good old friend and co-host, Jeff Ayers. Jeff, how you doing, my man? Hey, doing well, and sorry to, about the Dodgers and their latest, uh, quote, winning streak oh, there. God, the Dodgers have drowned. <laughs> but um, that's okay. How are the Mariners doing? We'll talk about that later. So, <laughs> you know, they're not dead yet. But, hey, we Run got a for great guest, yes. of course. We're bringing back on our good friend Kevin O'Brien to talk about his latest book that just came out, Hide Your Fear. Uh, Kevin hit another home run with this one, as we'll stay with the baseball puns. But I want you guys to remember, too, that all of our shows here are brought to you by Kensington Books. So make sure you visit kensingtonbooks.com for more information. And I believe Kevin is a Kensington author. So um, that's really Yes, good. he is. So without any further ado, let's bring our main guest on here, our very special guest and friend, Kevin Bryan. Kevin, how you doing? John, Jeff, how the heck are you doing? Good to be here. Glad you're here. Doing good. Doing good. Good. I still I love that theme. I love the theme you guys play. It's, I think they used it in Days of Heaven, and I just that it starts out so eerie, and then it gets kind of pretty. But yeah. I just love it's, that. It's music. called it's, Carnival. Uh, it's that's French. It. It's like that's Lake it. Carnival or something. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I just pulled Terrence up the Malick of used it, it in Days. I I love it. I love it. It's one of my favorite little. Diddy, so uh, it's it's well, you 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 you've, you've got a you've got a fan already. You know, I, I want to just tell everybody well, it's nice too. To have if one. you hear, and and if you hear birds or maybe like a siren or something, I'm actually sitting outside today doing this because it's like 67 degrees. We've been in this massive oh. heat wave. It's so nice and cool outside. I'm like, I'm going outside to do this. So if you hear animal noises or whatnot, that's not me just having fun. What I normally <laughs> do. That's actually real animals. So you just, <laughs> just wanted to get that out there. <laughs> no, you're right? just trying to make us think you're outside. You've got like all this machinery there to make bird sounds and everything else. I Actually, know. I just I got a really bad yeah. case of gas, and, sh- and my wife <laughs> kicked me outside. So. <laughs> but let's, you know, oh, let's, night, let's get in. We <laughs> we got we got we got a lot of things to talk about here. But the first thing let's talk about, Kevin, is your latest book. Um, oh yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah. What's it called? So let's jump in and and tell us what you got going on. <laughs> well, on my latest book is indeed hide your fear, and um, I had a blast writing this one. It was just, and I creeped myself out writing it too. It uh, my editor at Kensington Books came up with the part of the idea. He he sent me an article about um, this couple that moved in. Well, actually, it was a family. I think they had about five kids. I know five kids, but it was a family of five, and they moved into a house in, I think, upper New York, and right away started getting weird, sick emails and threats from somebody saying he was watching the house and that he he knew which rooms each kid was in and he kind of knew their habits and everything else. And, you know, it really freaked him out, obviously. And um, they found out that this guy had been stalking the people in the house before them. And uh, uh, so I I, kind of like this whole idea. And at the same time, I read a story 
on, in the Huffington Post about some kids who went through a house that was for sale and found a secret room. And I thought, okay, there's, I can connect these two. And because, I, because that's not enough. I always have some other story going on in my books. There's, there's usually two stories that somehow thread into, the, into one. And my other story was an idea that uh, was given to me by one of my Seattle 7 friends, Erica Baumeister, who writes, she writes very, uh, very nice literary books. And there's, no one's murdered. They're very polite books. <laughs> and they're very compelling, but they're very polite. And she, of course, it has to get out her aggression. <laughs> and so she was saying, I've got a great idea for a murder mystery. And she said, why don't you have teenage athletes being abducted? And so I thought, hmm, that's not bad. So uh, there are different uh, teen swimmers who are swimming champions who are being abducted throughout the Pacific Northwest in this. And so uh, it sort of all ties up into one story, which is uh, under the roof of hide your fear. So um, mm-hmm. I had a great time writing it. So it was, it was good. So, and the right, so far the reviews have been really wonderful. Thank God. So yeah. um, I was very happy. And, there, and Jeff Ayers has a cameo in it. I Did do. Jeff yeah, I love it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. We were at PNWA and we were trying to find it so we, we, we could see it. <laughs> and you I can find it? Either, so. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah, haven't you found, found it? it? Thank you for that. Oh, good. Oh, please. Oh, yeah, I, had, I, had, I had a suspect checking his book out at the library. Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> I, you, you have a, if you're a friend of mine, you definitely can make it into the book. I won't kill you unless you give me a bad review. Then I'll, then you're toast. <laughs> then you are toast. No. Now, just, just real quick before before Jeff gets you, gets you to ask a question, did you have any idea you were going to do that before, or did it just happen to come up when you were thinking of a list of books and you're like, I'm going to give Jeff a little shout out here? That, you nailed it. That's exactly what happened, John. I I okay. just I I didn't know I was going to get Jeff in there, but I I thought ah, so I gave Jeff and. Eric Larson, a couple of little shout-outs. So yeah. Eric Larson's uh, Devil in the White City. So, um, yeah, I, I had the guy um, – I talked to the library. My heroine's a librarian, and I talked to some librarians, and I said, you know, is there a way to get a list of, you know, what everybody's checked out? And um, I found out that they, a lot of them can't, um, and they said, but if the person's late with something, there's a late-charge list. And so um, this person was – Holding on to Jeff's book and uh, Eric's book too long and got on the wait list. So. Couldn't let it go, man. Just <laughs> couldn't like let Jeff, it go. Couldn't. couldn't. Let it go. He just he had to get that last sentence read before. Yeah. So it was yeah. a couple extra books, but he uh, needed he needed to know season six and the episode <laughs> of what the hell was going on. He just had to have that information. <laughs> well, and and the truth is they don't keep uh, information like that because, you know, if the FBI comes a calling or something like that, it's the whole. You know, patron confidentiality and things like yes. that. Yes, yeah. So I, I didn't know that because I used to work at a video store. Um, like it was my sort of like goof off job that I had to keep me from going too crazy because you know writing can be kind of a lonely profession. So I was I had a part time maybe eight hours a week at a video store, and um, we had records of everything. You know, you just with a flip of a switch, you you know hit the right button, you can find out everything everybody's rented for. Uh, their whole rental history, and um, uh, and it, which they kind of needed. So some people would be like, uh, "Did I see this episode of The Sopranos?" And be you just look it up, and you go, "Yeah, yeah, you saw it already." So okay, where am I? And they're like, "Well, you're in episode, you're season four, episode three, blah, blah, You know, so people actually did 
request that. So, um, but I, I thought the libraries would be the same way. But nope, you're right. So, so, so Jeff, yeah, when, then, then when we quick, get asked to do that, so, yeah, so Jeff, so, like, Jeff, real quick, real quick. So that scene in seven where Morgan Freeman gets the thing, that can't oh, possibly yeah. happen then. Yeah, Jeff, is that true? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, what scene in Seven are you talking about? Do you remember about? the scene in Seven where Morgan Freeman asks, you know, Brad Pitt for money, and then he gives it, gives the money to this guy, and they're like, what the hell's going on? And all of a sudden you see him come back, and the guy just hands Morgan Freeman a manila envelope, and it was finding out who checked out certain books, and that's yeah, how they all, ended up in yeah, the guys- house. Rental yeah. history from the library. Or yeah. Check yeah. Out. yeah. Yeah. No, you couldn't do that now. Oh wow. Oh, okay, so it was available at that time. Then you could have done it then. Possibly, it depends. It, more oh, okay. and more libraries have been going to okay. the model of not having that information, especially after okay. the Patriot Act was passed. That's cool. I just never asked anybody, and you're the perfect person to ask. And this is, this hey, isn't he the perfect person? This is the man to know. Exactly. <laughs> Well, thank, thank you, you for having me uh, suspect check out my book and keep it overdue. Yes, I appreciate I that. Have to, uh, <laughs> well, that's, when the, that's when the, the glitch. You Kevin, just have to um, find the glitch, you know. <laughs> if, you know, if they're if they're overdue or if they're late, then you, they, there's, you're on the list. So yeah. <laughs> you're on the list. Um, one of the things that you do is you write standalone novels. Right. One of the things we talk about on the show a lot is series versus standalones. So I'm curious, why not a series? And has there been a fan sort of push for a particular novel of yours to do a follow-up? Great question. I um, I don't have a series because I'm stupid. <laughs> oh, Jesus. One, oh. one, I could be making more money probably at a series. But uh, basically what I mean is I'm not an expert at anything. Uh, you know, the closest thing I'm sort of an expert at is uh, the railroads because I was, yeah, worked for the railroads for 17 years. And so I I know a little bit about, you know, uh, open top loaded cars and covered hoppers and all that nonsense and, and some hazardous materials, transportation on railroads and stuff like that. But, um, you know, unless I wanted to do a railroad thriller, I, I can't, I, a series of railroad thrillers. I don't think I'd be good at doing a series because I'm not like a, an expert at forensics or I'm not, I don't have a, a law degree or anything else or I'm not a doctor. And it's, I think it's usually to make a series work, you need somebody who's an expert at something. And uh, otherwise, it just seems kind of hokey, you know. Like the, this nurse, she just she just solved eight <laughs> eight murders in a row, you know. <laughs> like you know, that just doesn't make sense. So usually, my heroes or heroines are uh, amateur detectives, just sort of rising to the occasion to to uh, to to solve a crime or to get rid of a stalker or whatever the, the issue is. And I think I think readers are a little bit more forgiving if somebody's an amateur detective rather than, you know, if a pro gets up there and makes a few mistakes, they're like, you know, I put this book down. This guy was an idiot. He's supposed to be a detective, and he, he couldn't solve this. He went the wrong way for that. But, if you know, if an amateur detective, an amateur sleuth, makes a few errors, they're willing to forgive them and uh, actually probably root for them even more. I don't know. So uh, that's one reason why I only have, uh, I only have standalones. But, uh, and, you know, the other reason is because I like, I like wrapping up a story. I really do. I like, I like tying up all the loose ends. You know, if something's left a loose end, I'd rather have it be a loose end. And, uh, but uh, I just, you know, I, I think I've mentioned this to, to you, Jeff, is that, you know, I think of uh, some things that 
you you really get you know pumped up about an episode of a of a series of something, and then you find it's gotten dropped. You know, I look at uh, like. Uh, the Born Identity and uh, uh, Frankie, what, what's, what is her name? The one in Born, Ide- Born Identity, Frankie Jamie, the the German actress who was in um, uh, the God, first I'm, one, right? Run Lola Run. Thank you. She was, yeah, thank you. She was in oh. Run Lola Run. Uh, she was so great in the first episode, and then she killed. They killed her right off in the first in the, in the sequel, and I'm yeah. like, oh my God, and she lives in the that? books. But, yeah, does she live in the books? I yes. didn't know that. Oh, wow. Interesting. Um, well, you know, our mutual friend, Robert Dagoni, he had the same situation. He had a married uh, hero in one of his first books, and when they wrote the sequel, they said, well, you're going to kill the wife, aren't you? He can't be married, blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, it, it's, I, I, I kind of like having, you know, wrapping up everything with the character and moving on. And the only character I have used more, more than once in a book is uh, uh, is, uh, a character that's very much based on Nancy Grace. I called her Sally Justice. <laughs> she, she's yeah. just really obnoxious. And she was in Terrified, and I think she was in You'll Miss Me When I'm Gone, too. So she's she's just kind of this commentator on CNN that you just want to throw your shoe but, against but what the TV about maybe, for. But what, but what about maybe doing like like a two-book series or a three, or just like a trilogy, maybe – Maybe doing something like that, where maybe the stories are oh, a little actually, bit longer. Oh, actually, I think that's yeah, that's actually not a bad idea. Who you? Geez, I'm writing this down. I might take this to yeah. my editor. He did this you with know, um, because I know that there's been some people that have done it well in the past. Like Patterson did it with Sanjay, and yeah, Cornwell yeah. did it with with her character. Um, and Lisa Gaul, Jackson Gaul. did it with one of her books too. Yeah, right. right. No, so, I think. so I think it's something because I, you know that's something that your fans because because you do leave us hanging and you like to cliffhang us. But I think the leaving mm-hmm. cliffhanging at the end of the book, not knowing that it would be coming, and then all of a sudden it's like at the end of the book, and then prologue is like Ooh, continued yeah. in book two. You know, and you'd be just like, are you freaking kidding me? And then, I, yeah, that, that would be good. <laughs> I'll either have people really excited or I'm really going to tick them off. <laughs> but you know what? Either way, you're going to get them emotional, and that's the, and that's you know, the win for an author. What I am, I'm writing this down. I am writing this down as we speak. I think that's actually a great idea. But they would have to come out idea. sooner, each one, right? Yeah, I'm going to have to. But you know what? Hey, uh, you could go eight months. Easier you could because, go eight months yeah, between. Well, that's right. <laughs> it does kind of kill me to get these out, you know, churn one out after another. But I think, I think it's slightly easier to you do a a series because you already have your characters nailed down. I mean, you're going to develop well, them and a your little books further, are, but... And your books are over 400 pages. So oh, yeah, you they're, they're like 500 pages. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. So if you just space out a story at 800 and do 400 and 400, you've got bam right there. Yeah. So it's not oh, too much out of the realm that you could do an extra 250 pages at the end of one of your books and just split them into two. But why am I paying my agent 15% when I could be paying you money for this? I'm this free. Is, this you is, pay me. I'm this free. Is good See, I'm a fan. That's what we're here for. And fans, <laughs> and fans get excited about things like that because fans, you know, you know what? People might not like to admit it, but people like to get scared. Like around Halloween, yeah. have a little oh, yeah. fright. People like oh, it. Sure. Like, oh, I don't like that at all. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you do. You know, yeah, you I think do. People like that, and I think people oh, yeah. like 
being fooled when they're watching a movie, like, oh, my God, I didn't see that because it makes them look I didn't see like whoever yeah. they're watching is a lot smarter. And I think people mm-hmm. would like something like this where all of a sudden you don't – because sometimes you were watching those like those TV shows, like, you know, Dukes of Hazard or whatever it was when you were watching oh, yeah. back then. And did you have any idea that you're watching it and all of a sudden you're watching the episode and you're getting into it and all of a sudden it's like, bam, to be continued. Like, what? <gasps> no! What the hell? Yes. Yeah. Yes. But or or, or but a character you, just like gets off. The anticipation for next Friday night was so great that yeah, you were yeah, no way you were missing you. that. You planned your oh. week after get to make sure you were there because there was no VCRs to tape it. You had yeah, to be oh, there. The, when the man from Uncle had yep. sequel things, then oh yeah, I was on it. I was so oh, on it. Awesome. And, yeah. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just remember they had like a maybe. Three men from Uncles that were two-parters, and those two-parters, oh, my God, I loved them. It was like, you know, it was like, a, a, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm well, with you. Know you. I am, well, I am and, so and with you. And while we're on, like, TV and, and stuff like that, mm-hmm. let, let's, 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 let's kind of transition to, like, the next thing I wanted to kind of talk about. And, of course, I want yeah. to remind everybody that Hide Your Fear is out now. So make sure you mm-hmm. can go wherever you want to buy books, wherever you buy them, you can go get it. So get your copy of Hide Your Fear now. Um, and... It had just came out, it's and it good. made $117 million. Wow. And, yeah, and it got rated really good. So, you know, mm. I'm just curious, with the horror films, like It, Paranormal Activities, The Conjuring, the Annabelle creation, and these things coming out, does it help you, like maybe sales-wise? Do you see different people then picking up your book and saying, oh, I just kind of found you and this and that? Is there a correlation between the writing of the subject matter you do, which is like borderline that, to, you know, you're not, you're not supernatural, but I mean, you know, to, to something like that in the movies? Oh, yeah, I, I think there is. And I, th- I try and do, um, a lot of my stuff is sort of borderline uh, paranormal or supernatural. I, I, my, my editor is always, John Scalmidio is my editor at Kensington, and he is, he's always following the trends. And he will say, you know, Kevin, you know, paranormal's in right now. So if you want to have something where some, there's a slight haunting in the house, cool, go for it. And I, I love that stuff. I, one of my favorite books that I've written is called Unspeakable, and it's about a kid oh, yeah. who sort of channels uh, a serial killer from uh, the World's Fair in Seattle in 1962. He was murdering people, families that were coming in and staying for the World's Fair. Sort of a little similar to Devil in the White City, um, uh, the same situation. But this kid was uh, sort of possessed by this person who'd been dead for years and years. And I really enjoyed doing that. And I love, uh, you know, I love taking it up a notch and yet making it realistic at the same time. So, you know, I don't, I'm not really great at sci-fi, but um, if I can sort of, I don't know, tie in a tiny bit of a haunting or a, or a paranormal activity or possession, I'm, I'm all over it. I love that stuff. Well, you know, like even like The Exorcist, knowing that that's based on fact is makes it even more creepy. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think there's definitely a, uh, a, a correlation between, you know, movies, that are in that genre and and books that are in that genre. So yeah, I'm I, I'm with you on that. I'm I'm delighted to see those movies take off and uh, to see thrillers take off. It, thrillers have always been really popular, and I think they just every once in a while they just get rebooted and get you know more even more popular because some really well done thriller comes out. So I saw one that's not very paranormal, but well, actually it is. Did you see Get Out? Either one of yes, you I just did see it. Uh, 
Is that twisted okay. or what? Tell I, me if it's a, Jeff. Hey Jeff, did you see Get Out? I did. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Well, well, no spoilers for anybody listening, but no uh, spoilers. We'll not. We'll try not to no spoil spoilers. for you. Yeah, it it was interesting, and certainly, um, I sort of I sort of had a feeling what was going on and what it was paying homage to. Let's just say that. Ah. Uh, uh, me too. I got a, I got a little bit. I felt felt very Ira Levin. Uh, you know, yeah, reminded me of Ira Levin world. Exactly. You know, where yeah, just a little bit of Stepford Wives and uh, a little yeah, Bill and Rosemary's Baby all thrown in there. Yeah. I mean, I gotta be honest. If I if I had to stay at a five, if I said you know like one to ten or five stars, I would do no more than two and a half. Two oh and yeah, half stars for, on for that. Gout. I, I actually, you know, I had lo- I had low expectations. Yeah. So uh, when uh, when yeah, the I movie saw the started, reviews, I was, and I was like, I don't get it. Yeah, I, I hate that when when you. I mean, you I, go I mean, I, I got thinking, the movie, yeah. but I thought it was just I thought it was literally so predictable that uh, it was uh, that it was almost laughable. But it was a good, <laughs> but it was just a cool little take. Yeah, I, I thought that's it why cool I gave it to it. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. I would give it four out of five. Definitely, I think I think it was pretty okay. good. So. Now, the one you, that I you do want to my... see, Jeff. Now, Jeff, I don't know if you've seen this one, Don't Breathe. Ooh, no. I have not seen that. Okay, and then the uh, that's the one where the kids break into the blind man's house, but he, like, fucks with them hard. Oh, God, um, yes, I saw that. It's been around for yeah. a while. I think it was on cable. I yeah. thought I saw it on cable. Yeah. And then there's the that other looked... one that came out around the same time, and I can't remember how oh, the freaking name of it. Um... It's about like where they turn out the lights. Lights out. Lights out. Mm, don't know that one. I might have <laughs> to write that, that one down. Here, here, here's a question for both of you. Is horror more successful when the characters in the situation are younger? Oh, that's a good one. I... I think so oh, because I mean, they're, you're, they're allowed to do something stupid. <laughs> it's like, and and um, you know, I, but but it was a cabin in the woods that was I thought such a clever horror movie. I, I it wasn't yeah. one of well, my favorites. Well, Josh did that, yeah, yeah. But I just thought it was very smart because there, there's that one scene where the kids are, you know, they're all being manipulated, and the, the kids are like, well, let's let's stick together and let's not let this guy kill us, and if we all stick together, it'll be fine. And, you know, the people who are controlling the whole situation are like, oh, we can't have that. And <laughs> so before you know it, they all want to split up, you know. It's like, of you course, when they split up, they get killed. I think horror is more effective, not really off the age of the person, but when the gore is not, is, is, is not like, existent. Oh, and subliminal, of course. Yeah, yes. because when you see the greatest horror movies, like the Halloweens and mm-hmm. some of the other, there was no blood, there was no gore. I think when it gets too gory, people are no longer scared, and the whole point they're of just a horror movie out. is to scare you. Yeah, it's yeah just they're just like, grossed you know, out. How many ways can you, you're going to kill ten people, and you're going to say, how many stupid ways can you kill ten people, and a wood chipper, and this and that. It's like, okay, but isn't it more scary like the way Psycho did it in your shower, yeah. and all of a sudden, bam, because that's yeah. everybody does that. Well, you know, it's it's when I when I'm doing my thrillers, I I uh, will try and think of uh, things that people do, you know, 
every day that they don't realize where they're being vulnerable. And one time I was uh, sort of stumped, and I said to my sister, I said, well, when do you feel the most vulnerable except in the, besides in the shower? Everybody's done the shower scene. And she said, right. well, it's unloading my groceries because I'll leave the door open and the, the front door open. I leave the car door open. And, you know, going back and forth from, you know, loading, like I like got, you know, six bags, uh, I for for a while there I'm really vulnerable and I thought Ooh, yeah let's <laughs> so I had a scene in my next book where a woman is you know killed in the middle of unloading groceries and you know it's you have to find that spot where people just realize that they are eh, they're just open to uh, vulnerable you know I I don't know yeah. so you know I, I that's I, that's my thought take is anything somebody can relate to like a shower um, and then just tweak that. And you don't need a lot of blood. I mean, I, no. I was just talking tonight with a friend about, um, what was it? Saw. I was like, that got, to, I got to the point where I was just laughing at how stupid it was because there was so See, much blood. Because after a while you're just like, okay, this is just stupid. I mean, Jeff, yeah, what, you just realize how I mean, dumb it is. Movies, I mean, I mean, what, Jeff, what types of movies scare you the most? Like what's to like really or like like that you can almost at night have a little bit of like just scare like you hear sound because that happens to me. Yeah. Yeah. No. And um, you're absolutely right. The less blood, the better. It's more oh, about yeah. the what's you know the imagination and what oh, what's next. You nailed it. I mean, did you guys yeah. you, you did you see the original Haunting? I mean, there's a, there's a yeah. scene in that movie where Julie Harris is trying to fall asleep and she can hear these like. And all these sort of weird, like, nail noises and these, 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 these breathing in and out. And you really don't see anything, but she looks over at a pattern on the wall. And you could swear, there's no special effects, but you can swear you can see the pattern moving and sh- sort of forming into a face. And there's absolutely no special effects in that movie except the sound and maybe the lighting. And yeah. it mm-hmm. scares the bejesus out of you. It's like it makes the hair stand on the back of your neck. It's just it's so creepy and so memorable. Um, you, don't, you don't forget it. There's a scene in uh, the original Cat People, too, where the woman uh, woman goes uh, yep. into a pool and into we'll an indoor pool. Uh, do you know that scene? Uh, do you know what I'm talking uh-huh. about? And you just you don't see anything. You just see shadows yeah. on the wall, and it's so creepy. And she's so yeah. she's in the middle of the pool. She's just so vulnerable. Um, in fact, I thought about that when I was uh, writing my. Do you like how I'm winding it back to my book? Uh, of <laughs> I course, that's the whole idea. With, <laughs> I thought about that with hide your fear because uh, this kid is a swimmer and he's uh, forced to swim in an in, in indoor pool. And so I thought, I, you know, I want to see some creepy scene where there's an indoor pool. And so I, I, I watched that just to get sort of creep myself out but you know those are the ones that are memorable you know the the things where you see somebody lob somebody's head off or chop somebody's well, arm off or then. something like that do you here's much. a question do you do you remember the movie when a stranger calls the original one not the remake one yes okay so you remember that and when that girl gets that phone call and you could feel because people are you know everyone's having babysitters and you're like holy shit yeah could this you you got you got petrified but if they played oh, yeah. that same exact movie now exactly the same way and they just had you know updated it for CGI or better you know uh, set direction or whatever but the exact same thing do you think kids today would even be scared like we were back then? Oh, that's a great question. What do you think? I, I don't think no. that they would be as much. 
you know, and I think I, that's I the think, scary part. <laughs> I think that there's, yeah, I think there's instant gratification that they want. You know, it's like, oh, well, that, I didn't see much blood, so who cares? I, I don't think, I don't think, um, this yeah. sounds so, how old am I? I'm 62 and I'm sounding 72. But I don't think they have the imagination anymore. I don't think they fill in the gaps quite as much. I think they have to see it. I think they have to. There's, there's instant gratification. I mean, you, you know, no one. I mean, remember we used to have to go to the film stop to get, to get our pictures yeah. developed, and you'd wait. Yeah. The ki- kids nowadays, they're like, they have, they're like, I had to wait five seconds for my stupid, uh, you know. Oh, I you saw know, a, I saw a news Internet article. This, I saw a news article. This blew me away. Seventy-five percent of every picture ever taken in the world ever have been taken in the last ten years. <gasps> wow! Yes, I'm Ouch. like holy Toledo. Because oh, that's amazing. I believe it though. With all the selfies, mm-hmm. it's just instant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine? Can you so imagine back that. in like 1970 if 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 you, kids were taking as many pictures, it's like, please. Mm-hmm. That's why the Polaroid got to be so popular. Instant, instant action. Yeah. The picture right away. Well, but then the reason you, you Kodak pay, went pay for that film. It was the day my mom went digital. Uh-oh. <laughs> 2015? <laughs> I'm just saying, day she went digital, Kodak went bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> they did. That's the trouble. Yeah, I, mean, I used to have my one mom of those. Today, I, yeah. so my mom, you know, you know my mom... You know, she doesn't listen to the show, so she doesn't care. But I'm just saying, you know, she can't use her cell phone. She has no clue pretty much how to use a cell phone. She barely knows how to answer the thing. She gets a text message. She thinks somebody's called her. And it's just like, so she doesn't respond. She literally thought that you could get text message. She goes, oh, she goes, from my house phone? I said, no, Mom, I, I, I can't text your house phone. Oh. So it's like, you know, you're trying to have a half-hour question, just a, a conversation. So, so yeah, I mean, I kind of get, you know, that. The, so yeah, that, today, that immediacy. I think kids can't yeah. – I don't think they, they have the no. the capacity so to like, really kind so of – So you always have to look at now today what will scare them because I think they want to be scared. But what will scare I think them? So is, too. It more of the, is it more of the social media stuff that would scare you? Is it more of that kinds of things? You know, I guess what would that's scare a, you more? That's a really good issue. I think it's easier to scare them without a lot of blood in a book than in a movie. That's because they do. I think if you're reading a book, you know your imagination has to has to fill in a lot of blanks. And uh, a movie, I think nowadays they expect the movie to do everything for them. You know, you know? or the Tinder apps. You know, you could have you yeah. know, something to that yeah. effect oh. or something. You know, something yeah. that they use all the time. Because we used to well, they have pop-ups and stuff like theater. that. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's also you know the attention span. Yeah, you know, I don't think anybody's got the attention about? span anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I was just texting somebody. I didn't. I wasn't listening. I said, you know, oh, okay. I, I, I don't even go to the movies me. anymore. No, I just felt to be outside. I'm going to post that on Twitter. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I uh, now I that we slammed the now that we slammed the millennials, what can we do next? <laughs> it's just, it is. It's just things to think book. about. Yeah, yeah. What's your yeah, next book? Is. Now that we've given you a ton of ideas, you're going to change shit up. Uh, let's see. What am I doing in the next book? Actually, I'm going back to. Um, it's an idea I've had for a while that I'm kind of borrowing from uh, William Wilder. Talk about going back. 
there's a movie called The Desperate Hours that I've always wanted. So I've always wanted to do a story about sort of a home invasion. And uh, my editor, once again, he's so good at when I like finish a book, he'll be like, I, I no no sooner do I finish a book does he say. So have you thought about the next one? <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, for God's sakes, give me a break. I just finished this one. But uh, he did it again to me last when I finished Hide Your Fear. He said, have you thought about the next one? And I, I, I hadn't, didn't have a clue. I bet I've, I've been wanting to do sort of a home invasion story and what this family's going to do with these two criminals that are involved. And um, John had seen one of my posts. Uh, back in July, about uh, that it was the anniversary of um, when the eight student nurses were murdered in Chicago, and mm-hmm. a very, very grim, sad, tragic story, but at the same time fascinating. Uh, these eight student nurses were just senselessly murdered, and one there was actually nine in the townhouse where they were killed, and one of them, uh, the the killer, had tied them all up in a room. And then one by one took them out and murdered them in the house in different rooms. And one of them was smart enough to roll under a bed, and she survived. And John said, I really want to hear, like, a story where there's a mass murder like that, like a slaying, and somebody survives it. And so I kind of have a combination of two stories, a home invasion story and somebody who survives this uh, mass murder. So that's what the next one's about, and it's called... What the hell is it called? They name them. I never name them. They name them, and they're calling this one "They Won't Be Hurt." Yeah. Mm. Now, I just looked on IMDb. This is the 1967 movie you're talking about, "The Desperate Hours," right? There is a movie called "It's 19." I'm thinking 1956. Because it was this Humphrey one, Bogart. Because this one says the Hilliards are a middle class family whose lives are put into danger when an escaped convict invades their home. That sounds right. It's the Hilliard. Yeah, okay. um, it's, it's with Humphrey Isn't Bogart and Frederick March. What's that? Yeah. What? Isn't that Cape Fear, though? That sounds like Cape Fear, too. The the Hilliard Hilliard sounds like Cape Fear. Tormenting the Hilliards, plus his meek brother, Hank. Hank, yeah. It, but it's not 1967. I think it's 1956. Oh, there was Bogart. another one that was fi- There was another one that was 55. Okay, I saw that one, too. I 55, saw the Humphrey Bogart one. 1955, Humphrey Bogart. Okay. And then they remade so they it with Mickey it. Rourke. They remade it with so Ricky, Mickey Rourke and uh, Anthony Hopkins. So they've okay. done it three times. They did it 55, 67, and then 90. What, that's, who's in the 67 one? That's the one I just said, Michael Conrad and Arthur Hill. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, that was that's a that's a sort of yeah sub. Oh, and they just did it in 2016. <laughs> Although Arthur Hill, I like. Oh, that was TV. No, that was a yeah. Oh, was it TV? Okay, it was TV. Yeah, movie. there was a different that one. Yeah, that was about um, earthquakes and shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, but Hillier, we worry about that's out here. That's the name of the. That's the name of the family, and it's that's actually based on a true story. Um, the Desperate Hours. Wow. There was a play for a while too. I remember the there was a. Hey, maybe Jeff, maybe you can tell me because you know movie titles better than me. What was the Bruce Willis one where he was the sheriff and those kids did the home? And the guy happened to be like a mob accountant or something, and Ooh, they were trying to oh, steal the money. And um, remember, and Bruce Willis was like he was like an alcoholic sheriff or something. Well, isn't that based on a Robert Crace book? Wow, that sounds. Oh, familiar. you know what? I think you could be right. Wow, I think you could be. Yeah, right. Yeah, I want to say it's a suspect. Is that what it's called? But do you well, remember? Well, that's a share movie. That was Cher and uh, and Liam Neeson and Dennis Quaid. 
Hold on, let me see oh, if I can find okay. it. I'm on his I'm on his page. It was back in the nineties, I think, wasn't it? Wow. Home invasion. Yeah, so me, he was a sheriff. A Hold on. He was a sheriff or of this town. And there's like these three kids who ended up uh I think it was maybe it was hostage. It's oh, hostage. Wow. Yeah, okay, he was a police oh, negotiator in his small yeah, town. I think it's called hostage, isn't it? Yep, and he must yep. save uh, lives of this family held hostage. But the thing is, is that the guy who they kidnapped, these guys didn't realize that this guy's like a mob accountant. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. So there's that Ooh, twist on the whole thing. Nice that he twist. Has to try to, oh, well, and it is a Robert Craze novel. Twist. You're right. Yeah, Jeff, you're right. Yeah. I knew you'd know it. I fucking knew you. Yeah, well, Jeff's yeah. pretty good. Jeff knows his movies. I think he's the only oh, yeah. person I've been to his house and saw. I think he has more DVDs than I have. He's about the only one I trust with movie reviews. I, I ask him, and I'll take his review over anybody else's because we yeah, pretty much yeah. know the same thing. Yeah. I like that. Well, that's very nice of you. Thank you. Of course. <laughs> We're not just pumping you well, up, Jeff. Oh, well, hey, guys. it's um, We've been on for about 35 minutes or so, so you want to wrap oh, my it God. or – you want to keep going? I don't know. Oh, I'm fine wrapping it if you'd well, like. We I, talk you've about got a you've got a birthday party going on, so I, I you well, she's you've got somebody right waiting for you. I know my wife waiting. I should go. So, <laughs> but so what you know, with the mic on something? Well, it's always what? awesome having you on. Oh, oh it yeah. is always such a pleasure and such a treat to to talk to you guys it really is thank you so much give us all your give us all me. your um uh, give us all your contact information where you want people to go find you do all that fun stuff well you can definitely uh find me at uh kevinobrienbooks.com or uh you know check me out on facebook uh, uh, it's kevin o'brien fan facebook.com/kevinobrienfanpage kevin o'brien fan page uh, and uh, like I say, and like you have pointed out, uh, hide your fear is out right now. And uh, if you hang around long enough, uh, they'll have a re-release this spring of my new book, Killing Spree, is coming out. One, not new book, but it's an old book. So, uh, and then the next book comes out uh, in the summer. So, uh, and are if you I can, fifteen if I now? It, is this is what, this your fifteenth? This or? is number nineteen. Nineteenth. Wow. So this is your nineteenth. So people are just finding out about you. They got you, they got a nice little bit of a catalog to go catch up. They because, can they like can said, binge read. They can binge read me. And you yes. don't read series, which means they can just pick up any one they want. Any single one they want, and hopefully the, the plots won't be similar. You never know. I mean, if they if they <laughs> if they're binge reading me, occasionally they'll say, "Oh, this plot was sort of similar to this." I'm like, "Well, I wrote them ten years apart. Give me a break." You know? Okay. <laughs> do one thing. Do one thing, because you have a great scene description in one of your things about barbecue potato chips. Tell them which book that's in and set that scene. <laughs> is that the one with the, uh, God, I'm trying to think of the which raccoon. one it is. The raccoon and the barbecue potato chips. Uh, it yeah. is in, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's in uh, Vicious. Vicious. Uh, and okay. this uh, woman is driving, and you know someone set her up her car. She stops by a convenience store where he is really—that's his little—that's his den. That's where he his hunting ground. And she has stopped there to get some uh, diet coke and some barbecue potato chips. And she's driving to a casino, 
in uh, the northwest part of uh, this state, and she uh, her car breaks down shortly after she leaves the convenience store, and she is stranded, and of course it's starting to rain, her cell phone isn't working, and the reader just knows. The reader knows the guy's going to come and take her away or do something and she sees in a rearview mirror this car coming around the corner very slowly and she's like oh thank god somebody's coming here to help me and then the next thing you see is a uh, sheriff seeing this abandoned car with the doors open and inside there's a raccoon eating barbecue potato chips and that's it (laughs) so you know (laughs) you know that this guy has found his his prey and uh yeah that one's called vicious it's uh, it's yeah. one of the creepier ones I did. I think it's it's and it's uh, it actually my editor loved it. It for some reason it didn't quite take off as much as uh, some of my others, but that one is one of my favorites. So check it out. Vicious. Well, after all the stuff we were talking about, if that doesn't give you if that scene doesn't give you a little bit of goosebumps, then <laughs> I, I feel sorry for you. you know, well, thank you, thank you. Yeah. I creeped so myself Kevin, out hey, writing it. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks so much for coming on again. Of course, just like always, it's always been a pleasure. Can't wait to see what you got going on again. Stay good. Thank you so much, John. Thank you, Jeff. You guys are the best. Thank you. All right. So again, everybody, Kevin, Kevin O'Brien Books dot com, and it's hide your fear. And I know Jeff that you had finished the book, so you want to give a give a give a little quick review. How many stars? Um, well, out, out of five, uh, four and a yeah. half. Nice. Easily. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, are you ready to roll? I'm ready to roll. I got a birthday party to attend. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks, everybody, and uh, we'll be back next yeah. week. And so until next time, keep reading. Have a good one. Keep good reading. Night. Good night.